Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, Charlotte Hornets fans? Welcome to Trust the Buzz. If you are new here, I make Charlotte Hornets content. So if that interests you, make sure you go ahead and hit the subscribe button down below. If you cannot tell by the thumbnail title of this video, in today's video, we are talking about the Ski Mask Mitch. That's what I've been calling him on Twitter. The Ski Mask Mitch master class that we got today during the NBA trade deadline. We only made two trades. Well, technically three if you count Terry Rozier. But they were big, big trades. I mean, I think Mitch outdid himself. Was Michael Jordan holding back as I got something in my eye? I don't know, but I think he did a fantastic job today with what he was given, with what the current value of a lot of these players are. And today we're talking about all of it. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the Gordon Hayward trade, because I believe that was first, even though it did come in pieces, it was first. Uh, So if you've been living under a rock, we traded Gordon Hayward for Trey Mann, Former EuroLeague EVP, who I do not know how to pronounce his name. I am sorry, but him, Davis Bertans, and a 2024 second round pick and a 2025 second round pick. Now, I don't know who, because uh, OKC has a lot of picks, so I don't know who those picks technically belong to. I think we'll know more. And, you know, I've, of course, as, you know, details get finalized, but I'm doing this like right after I get off work. And I'm just, man, I'm floored because I was happy. With Trey Mann and Davis Bertans, because if you remember, that's originally how it came out. It was Gordon Hayward, Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, but the money didn't match. And I and I and I don't know everything about trade exceptions. I do know that the Oklahoma City Thunder had two trade exceptions. I know you're not able to stack them, but I, I just wasn't sure of that. And I looked it up, and I just kind of was like, oh, I, I still don't know. So I, I, I've always, you know, especially today, I was like, we're just gonna wait till I see how everything plays out. But I was like, it just doesn't sit right. I don't see how this trade works. Davis Bertrand's trade man, the money just does not add up, even with one of the trade exceptions. And then literally as soon as I said that on Twitter, boom, here's the second part of the trade. They get the former EuroLeague MVP. We'll call him Mr. M uh, because I do not know how to pronounce his name. I promise you I will learn because I think he's here today. But Mr. M, and then we got two additional second-round picks. And I'm just excited because Gordon Hayward – there's a lot of mean things I would like to say about Gordon Hayward as an NBA player for my favorite team. Lots of mean things, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I just it, it's frustrating to just watch him kind of take money from the organization. I know you can't control injury, but it just it was so often it seemed as though. I don't know him, but it, it just seems as though he didn't care. I remember when we were in the play-in in Atlanta, and he didn't even bother to show up. Which I know you stayed. I know he stayed in Charlotte, so it's like you at least you could have just showed up. Um, and some people were talking about you know bringing him back, let, letting his contract expire, bringing him back on a lesser deal for him to be a veteran. I didn't like that either because we have veteran leadership problems, and he's been on the team the whole time. So I don't I don't know how bringing back Gordon Hayward would fix those issues. I mean, guys had nice things to say about him behind closed doors. They were like, yeah, Gordon Hayward talked to me. But it just wasn't enough, obviously. It just wasn't enough. And I just – I was a fan of what he could do for the team, but not for the price tag and just not – it just wasn't worth the injury once it got to the second point. I think the second part, the second year of his contract, that was kind of where I was like, all right, I'm done. Because I did feel like – I felt like the Hornets were trying to do too much of a win-now move 
signing Gordon Hayward, but I did feel like they needed that team, new, you know, young rookie LaMelo, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, all those guys, Terry Rozier, all those guys, they did need a veteran of some type, a veteran that also plays, that plays an pivotal part of the team. And I thought Gordon Hayward was fine. I just didn't like the contract uh, because I knew his injury history. So I don't know why they gave it to him in the first place, but I digress. There's just nothing good I could say about Gordon Hayward. I felt as though if we were good, he would help us out. But it, it, I mean, of course, we never got good. And then also on top of that, it just, I, I don't think it just really worked. It, it didn't really work. There was times where early in the season, Gordon Hayward, we were running plays for Gordon Hayward. Brandon Miller wouldn't get the ball. And now we see Brandon Miller balling. Um, there was other times where we would see, uh, just just all kinds of things with Gordon Hayward. I know some people were taking like when when Brandon Miller dropped his career high, Gordon Hayward what didn't shake his hand, at least in the clip. I didn't take too much into that, but I know some people didn't like it. There's just a lot of things that didn't sit right with Gordon Hayward. And I'm not blaming him, and I'm blaming anything with him, but it just it just didn't sit right. So to get Trey Mann, who coming out of Florida, I'm if I'm not mistaken. In fact, I have my laptop here, so I can fact check myself. But Considering getting Trey Mann as a look here, and Trey Mann did go to Florida, I thought so. Uh, but getting Trey Mann, I think, is a good thing. He is what 6'3, 178, according to what I have here on basketball reference. Um, I do remember when he came out in a draft in 2020, was it 2021? Yeah, it was 2021. Um, and he was a first round pick. A lot of people love Trey Mann, and a lot of OKC fans seeing on Twitter, they love Trey Mann because he's able to create for himself. He's also able, uh, from the clips I've seen today and just kind of how I was able to go back and see just you know how he plays, from the clips I've seen today, he makes himself available to the ball handler. So I know if you watch all the games, the Charlotte Hornets, like we'll use Brandon Miller because LaMelo's hurt, but Brandon Miller – dribble kind of get stuck, maybe get double teamed, maybe just get put in the corner. And everyone, they're open, but they're across the court. No one makes themselves available. And just in front of brief clips I've seen, Trey Mann makes himself available. He comes to the ball. He tries to find a way to get close to the ball handler and get the ball. I can appreciate that. He also can create for himself. I can appreciate that. Some people say that he may interfere with Nick Smith Jr., and I completely understand that. Um, But one, I never saw Nick Smith Jr. as a point guard. He does need to gain and, and, and grow into a point guard. Maybe he doesn't need to become a point guard, but he just needs to get some point guard attributes. Um, and, and he has them. I think he's just got to flesh them out. It's, it's his rookie season. He hasn't played. Team's not good. There's a lot of factors that play into that. Point guard is not an easy position to play, which is why I've always been able to give LaMelo so much credit and slack. Some people say I'd go too easy on him, but some people say I actually go too hard on LaMelo, but either way, the point is point guard position is a very, very difficult position to play. So asking a shooting guard to kind of play point guard because you didn't get a proper point guard, it's a lot to do. I think Trey Mann kind of fits that mold a little more of a true point guard because I think what worked for Nick Smith Jr. at Arkansas was that he was able to cut. He was able to get get open as well. And that worked for Anthony Black because I think what they thought was going to happen at Arkansas last year was Anthony Black kind of was going to be at the two. He was going to be the primary ball handler of the combo guard, but Nick Smith Jr. be the one, Anthony Black be the two, maybe even three, but it ended up being kind of the other way around. It really became Anthony Black's team because of Nick Smith Jr.'s injuries. And 
Now we have Trey Mann. I think they can play off each other both like very well. I, I think that they're both good enough playmakers. They can be on the floor at the same time and not get in each other's way. I feel as though Nick Smith Jr. is a really good – he moves well without the ball. Trey Mann moves well without the ball. Both of them have the ability to cut. Both of them have a quick first step if they do have the ball in their hand. They're both able to get to the back. There's just so many things that they're both able to do in almost the same exact way that I feel as though they can work together because their game – allows him to do both. Your game allows him to play both point both guard positions. So I don't feel like they really should intertwine that much as far as negativity wise. I think it's going to be more positive than anything. I would be lying if I said they didn't do the same thing. They do virtually a lot of the same things, but I feel like they do it in a little different way. Nick relies a lot on his athleticism and almost on his like jitteriness. You've seen him play. He, he's just moving. He's just moving. He's quick. Sometimes he plays a little too fast. Trey Mann, to me, from what I've seen, and I obviously need to watch more film, does not play as fast, as jittery, as just as just quick as Nick Smith Jr. does. Now, he is quick. I think he's very fast. I think, he, like I said, he has a quick first step. He moves very well without the ball. But it's a little more... It's a little more tight. Like the moves are just a little more tight. Um, I think they're a little more polished, as is what I'll say. And we know he can put up points in a hurry. He can score in a myriad of different ways, very similar to Nick Smith Jr. But they, the way they do it, I think it is what allows them to play together. Because I know some people were talking about how does Nick Smith Jr. and James Booknight play together. It, that, to me, that was more of a of a crossroad because they did a lot of the things the same exact way, as opposed to I feel as though Trey Mann, Nick Smith Jr., they do a lot of same things, but in different ways. Um, and they both need to work on their defense. But I think NSJ has been pretty good on defense, actually, if you ask me. Trey Mann, not so much, but eh, I'm, not, I'm not really worried about that. I am glad that we just have a guard that can shoot. He can play make a little bit. And if anything, he may not be like your Chris Paul playmaker, but he is where he's going to make the defense pay attention to him, which allows other people to be open. If you can do that, I'm happy. I don't need you to be Chris Paul. I don't need you to be Kyle Lowry, which is funny because we have him on our team. I don't need you to be those guys. Just continue to put pressure on the defense and I'll open up the game for other people. Hit those open people. I think we're moving. I'm cool with that. And it also doesn't matter that we don't that Trey May is not a true true point guard because we did have Mr. M as we're going to call him because I don't know how to pronounce his name a former Euro League MVP he just signed with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder this year he's thirty years old so he's going to be a vet but. I think he's a solid, solid player. If you look at his basketball reference, you may not be happy with what you see. He doesn't shoot well uh, from the three. Um, he has been shooting better uh, with you know within the arc. He can play mate, and he's only been playing like twelve minutes a game. Thunder fans were a little upset about about losing him. Some were not because you know you do have to pay him for an additional two years after this season. But a seven eight mil, I think the what the Hornets are thinking is that can be. He's not bad by any means. So. You can use that to, you know, as a salary filler or whatever. But from what I've seen, 6'5", he provides a size that Ish doesn't provide. Um, I think Ish is a – I should not take that back. I was going to say Ish is solid. He 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 does he does actually a good job of getting past people, but then after that he just dribbles it out or does something stupid. Um, so it, it, But he's also trying to retire, and the Hornets wouldn't let him retire. So I, I kind of – you know, it is what it is. Season's over. I don't really care. But 
I think Mr. M here is going to do a better job because of his size. So it's not going to be teams hunting him on defense. I think he's a smart basketball player. Um, and he has been what it was January 10th is when he started getting like real, real minutes where he's playing night in, night out. I think he's only missed one game since January 10th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it was a DNP. I don't know if it was an injury, but it was a DNP. Um, and he's been playing fine. He's he's been playing he's been playing pretty well. His his he's he, he's hitting the mark more. Um, he still needs to work on his three point shot, but I I mean he's hitting the open guy. He's creating for others. He's being able to see the whole floor. That's what we need from our backup guard. Yes, if we want to reach the upper echelon of the teams, if we want to be Minnesota, that's a team we're compared to a lot as far as like we have LaMelo and have Anthony Edwards and they were in the same draft class, obviously, or the Pacers who, once again, we're compared to them because of Tyrese Halliburton and LaMelo. We'll just compare it to those two teams in this video. If we want to be them on that level, then yes, we may need a better solid backup point guard. If we, Actually, Pacers are not a good example. Minnesota is because Minnesota is actually up in the standings. But not to say the Pacers are bad, but you get you get what I'm saying. If we want to be Minnesota for this particular instance, if you want to be Minnesota and be the top team, yes, we may need better backup guard play, especially considering the Mellow Ball's injury history. However, for what Charlotte Hornet fans want, we just want to make the playoffs, maybe make a little noise, then we can reassess there. I think this might be good enough, depending on what else is done at the two-guard spot and at with the rest of the bench. We can talk about that later as we continue on with the video, but... That is where it's going to be key. I think it's enough depending on what else we do, because I think with more minutes, we'll see Mr. M be able to, you know, work with these guys. He has Seth Curry. He has Grant Williams, who's not automatic from the corner, but a really good corner three point shooter. He has Miles Bridges. He has Brandon Miller. He has LaMelo, who I can constantly say is a really good off-ball player. Um, I know that some people don't like it when I say that because they're like, you're taking the ball from away from LaMelo. No, he's just good at it. I'm not going to not use him when he's good at it. I think he's he's a very, very good off-ball player. I mean, I can't help that. I, and, I, of course, I want to use that, especially with his size. But – and his new ability to finish at the rim consistently. So I, I'm going to use LaMelo off ball if I can, especially, you know, I think part of the reason he's injured so much is that so much of the playmaking duties, so much of the ball handling duties falls on him. Now, having Miles back, having Brandon Miller back is going to help with that. But once again, having LaMelo play off ball just in spurts to just ensure his health a little bit, I think will be okay. Uh, having Mr. M, I, that you're going to see his numbers go up. Now, of course, he was in OKC. OKC is a great team. I just saw Jalen Williams the other night when they played against the Utah Jazz go crazy. And a lot of times he was he was catching the ball or he was you know isoing. So they had, of course, they had guys for him to pass to. Uh, Aaron Wiggins has been going crazy as well. He had weapons. I'm not saying he didn't have weapons in OKC. He probably may have overall more weapons at OKC than he did, will have in Charlotte. But I am saying that. We are going to play him more minutes. They are deep at guard. They are really deep at guard. And not only are they deep at guard, they they have a lot of players who are just comfortable with the ball in their hand. So I think I feel as though he didn't really get to shine in the way he wanted to shine and averaging almost three assists, if not three assists, while you're only playing 12 minutes a game on a team that doesn't really necessarily need you because they have so many people at guard or so many people that can handle the ball. It's, it's hard for you to really show what you can do. So I think he'll have more opportunities to do that. Now we move on to Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans, I mean, there's not really much you can say. He hasn't really played much, especially since his – was it his wizard days where he was just going nuclear, like he was a really good three-point shooter? And I 
think maybe a little bit in OKC. I don't know. I, I my doc, my Davis Bertans um lineup is a little messed up, but anyway. I don't think we're going to keep him. I would like to see what he can do for us this season. I know next year um, he's going to have a $5 million guaranteed um, and then 16 mil is going to be guaranteed 16 mil if he's on the team by January 10th, if I'm not mistaken. It's iffy. I do want to see what he can do. I've always said we needed a big that can truly stretch the floor. And even though now we have Grant Williams, spoiler alert, which we'll talk about later in the video as this video is going along. Uh, we do have uh, Grant Williams. He's not a true big. I think Davis Bertan being a true big that can stretch the floor because he, he can still shoot. It's just that he doesn't do much else. Um, it's going to be interesting, but I don't want to pay him sixteen million. He will be expiring next year, so even if they do have him pass, uh, even though if they do have him pass January tenth next year. It might be okay, depending on where the team is at. I, I think you're not having a problem with it. But the real big part of that trade is not necessarily what Davis Bertans can do, even though I do look forward to seeing what he can do on the floor. It's more about your other option, because it does seem as though OKC was probably the highest bidder when it came to Gordon Hayward. Your other option was to buy out Gordon Hayward, which would have been way more expensive than having – Way more, yeah, it would have been way more expensive than having that $5 million guarantee. So if Davis Bertans is on the roster at all in any capacity next year, Hornets have to give him $5 million, guaranteed. It becomes $16 million once January hits, January 10th hits. If the Hornets have him pay him the $16 million this year, which that's fine. It's com- better compared to paying the $30 million going to give to Gordon. Pay him $16 million this year, go into next year, pay him five, then cut him, trade him, whatever the case may be. That's way cheaper than you know buying out Gordon Hayward and then paying him six or not sixty. I'm sorry, paying him like roughly like ten million a year after that or five million, and basically expanding his contract the same way they did Nicholas Batum. And I know we all remember Nicholas Batum, so that's why I think this was a smart deal because yes, you could have let Gordon just drop. You know what I mean? You could have just let Gordon expire and call it a day. But in return, you got two second round picks. Trey Man, who you get you get to for another year, two years really. Well, a year and a half because the, the rest of this season and the next season, and then you get Mister M, another solid backup point guard with size that can help be a veteran to this team. I think I'll take that over Gordon Hayward, his money coming off the books, and then us trying to scramble and figure out what to do with that money. I know Miles Bridges is coming up, and of course we're going to extend him, but. I think I think it's just all going to work itself out. I'd rather have what we got instead of just letting Gordon Hayward fall for essentially nothing. Because even though with these trades, I'm pretty sure we still have enough to 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 resign Miles Bridges, especially considering I don't think they're giving him like 30 million. It might be like 25, might even be 20. But I think is is going to come at a price. Both of them have kind of decided they're going to be loyal to each other, which is why Miles Bridges wasn't willing to uh, remove his like trade clause or whatever. They're both going to be loyal to each other, and I think that they're going to come to terms on what what is a solid deal for him. Because I think Miles did see what his value is around the league and was not happy with it. So now you know he realizes that Charlotte probably wasn't lowballing him, you know, during these uh, negotiations this past summer. So I think that I like what we got in return instead of just dropping Gordon Hayward. So as I spent 18 minutes on that, we're going to talk about the next trade, which is the PJ Washington trade where we traded PJ Washington to the Dallas Mavericks for Seth Curry, Seth and Grant Williams and a 2027 first round pick top two protected. So we're more likely going to have that pick because I don't foresee the Mavs being that bad. And even if they are, 
let's say like it goes to like three. That that that's crazy. Like because it's top two protected. They have to be sorry, and then and then on top of that, they have to have the lottery go their way. So not only do they have to be really bad, but then the lottery has to go their way, and then they'll get the pick. I I, I like the advantage we have here with the light protection. And, and and that could be because yes, PJ or Grant Williams is not the offensive threat that PJ can be, and I feel as though that's what a lot of math fans were saying. We're like, ah, oh, well, you're getting Grant Williams, and we got PJ Washington. He just dropped forty, and he can do this, and he can do that. Yes, he can. But I feel as though what they needed and what we need are two different things. I feel as though they needed someone who can drop points like that because I feel as though they do have some decent defenders. They got Josh Green who could erupt at any time. They got uh, Derek Lively. I'm naming the defensive players. They got Derek Lively. They got Derek Jones Jr. So they have guys that can kind of hold it down on defense, and they needed someone who has a little bit of defense, and which I think P.J. I, I, I'll say this. I think PJ is going to be better in Dallas than he was here. I, I've, I've said that about him. I've said that about Gordon. I've said that about Terry, even though it's not looking too well. I think those guys are going to take it to the next level at owning their teams. But yeah, they were saying that, yeah, PJ can do that, but that's not necessarily what we need. PJ's taking roughly around 11, 12 shots, shooting his worst percentages, I think, since he's been in the league. We don't need that. We got Brandon Miller, who we need to take shots. We got LaMelo Ball, who we need to take shots. We got. Uh, uh, Miles Bridges, of course, who knew, who we who would need to take shots. That's three guys who need to take a lot of shots. So there's not really room for other guys to take shots. And PJ was taking shots away from them. Now Grant Williams, it, it, the shots are cut in half. Grant Williams takes like six shots compared to PJ's twelve. I'm taking that. I, I, I'm, I'm I mean, as simple as that. I'm, I'm taking that. And Grant Williams is more defensive minded. And while he's not this extreme lockdown defender, he's this dirty work, rah, rah. I'm going to be there for the team type guy. And we needed that more than anything. I feel as though the Mavs have that. They have Derek Jones Jr., they have Derek Liley, they have, I would even say, um, uh, Luka Doncic, yes, not defense is not his forte, but he he is a guy. He's going to get his guys involved. He's going to get his guys hyped for the game. So they 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 have that already. So essentially, we needed that desperately, and I think Grant Williams is going to be that for us. And also with him being in the Basketball Players Association, I don't think um, – what was I going to say? Oh, I don't think – that he's just going to be like this guy that's going to bring people to Charlotte. I don't think that, but I do feel as though he can attest to Charlotte and that will have people. Okay. As long as I know that the culture's there, we got the coach there. He, he, he can just plant the seed. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy that gets people to want to come to Charlotte. I'm not saying that I'll say it again. He's not, but I think that he's going to help the reputation of Charlotte. And these are just things that, yes, that does not exactly impact what's happening on the court, but it's important considering where our franchise is. So there's a lot of good things that I think Grant Williams brings. I know he's just gonna, not going to be a statue shuffer, stuffer. I know he's not going to be this ultimate, you know, guy. And yes, he has an extra deal, an extra year on his deal. I feel as though he's just going to overall just do a great job uh, and just help the Charlotte Hornets in just other ways that PJ quite wasn't doing it. And that's not PJ style. So I feel as though part of it's on the Charlotte Hornets because you should have realized that earlier, but they made up for it by getting Greg Williams, who is just more of a team guy. He's just more of a team fit guy. You can take him and place him anywhere. Anybody will be happy to have him. Um, I think that's kind of where it goes. And, I, and I'm glad for that. Then we got Seth Curry. So it's cool that Dell is going to be able to call games for Seth. I know Seth hasn't played much. I know Seth hasn't been kind of the Seth you expect him to be. But what is crazy about that is that he's still one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and we need that desperately. So this is one of those instances, and I always refer to this even though it's not the exact same. This is one of those instances where you look and say, 
remember that deal with Mike Conley when he was with the Memphis Grizzlies and they paid him all that money? Everybody's like, oh my God, why would you pay Mike Conley all that money? Well, as we all know and how that turned out, he meant a lot to that franchise. It's not always about what he means to the league. Sometimes it's about what does he mean to your team and your fans. Simple as that. I'm, uh, Drew Holiday, when he first got paid in uh, in New Orleans, everybody's like, that team's not good, is that any other? And I think they went on to be to upset the Portland Trailblazers in the playoffs because they had Rondo, too. That was, that was a crazy team. Anyway, he got paid a lot. Everybody's like, that's a lot of money for this guy. Now we see how valuable he really is. But then also on top of that, it was how valuable is he to this team, franchise, player, uh, teammates? How valuable is he to that? And I think that's where someone like Seth Curry for us is going to come in. Because, yes, you can look at Seth and say, oh, well, he, he may not be that valuable. He may not do this. He may not do that. We just need shooting. We do, we Now, when we get hot, we're hot. Like last night when we were playing against the Raptors, Brand, uh, uh, Miles Bridges was hot. Cody Martin even was hot. Nick Smith Jr. was hot. Brandon Miller was hot. For a while until they got gas, but it, you you get the point. We don't typically do that. That's normally how we, we don't normally play like that. Having Seth Curry, who's a guy where, yes, he can't. He's not that known as that much of a playmaker. He's not known as that much of a defender. But a guy that try he at least tries on defense. But really, if anything, he's going to hit a shot. We know that's what he does. I'm taking that because the only person I feel like we have right now. That we know, if he, no matter what's going to happen, they're going to hit a three-point shot. I feel as though that's Brandon Miller, a rookie. Nick Smith Jr., a rookie. LaMelo Ball, a rookie. Well, not a rookie, but injured. That's what I meant to say. We That's it. Miles Bridges, I mean, that's he's been he's gotten better. I think he's dramatically improved. I need to see more of that this season and also see how to go into next season. Not saying he can't do it, but I'm just saying that we, you know, for two or three years, I saw Miles Bridges be unstoppable when he's attacking the basket. So that's kind of the Miles Bridges I'm used to. That's kind of the Miles Bridges I like. But if he wants to expand his game, I'm all for it. We need someone like Nick's, like Seth Curry, who no matter what's going to happen, he may have zeros across the board, but if you're looking at three-point category, he's going to have one. He's going to have two. He may even have three. That's what we need. We need someone who's a threat, a true threat at the three-point line. And I think he does that. Yes, we can maybe find someone better, maybe find someone that can also do a little bit more. The time will come, but as this roster is in transition, of course, if you look at it, I'm taking that. I'm happy with that. So overall, I think the Charlotte Hornets did a great job. We got the 2027 pick, as I mentioned. Another fantastic, fantastic job for that. Because now we have three first-round picks in 2027. Now, I know we have the Miami Heat pick, possibly, which I think the Miami Heat are going to be good in 2026, which automatically makes the pick unprotected in 2027. So at first, it was crazy because it was, oh, dang, well, we got a pick so far away. But now we got a pick so far away again, but in the same year. And so now you have, they have a plan for 2027. I'll say that they have a plan for 2027. It's either this team is really good. We're making the playoffs. Maybe we made it playoffs. What? Three years between uh, technically two years. What? Next year, 2025, 20, next year, 2024, 2025, 2025, 2026, 2026, 2027. So, yeah, we got roughly three years from now. You have time to look at your contract. 
may we may first time we may get swept, which is fine. I, I'm telling you, Charlotte Hornets fans, y'all know we don't care. We may get swept the first time. That's okay. But then okay, we may get swept. And then the next time we may only go down two games. We, you know, we four to two. All right, but now it's 2027. We have three first round picks. We have our own. We have Dallas. We have Miami's. We can do something with that. We we can do something with that. We can make something shake. Then we can. All right, let's let's trade and let's get a, let's get a star. Let's get a, a true big man, depending on where Mark Williams is at in his career. Let's get a true, very very superstar, solid shooting guard. You know, it just so many things can happen. Or I'm not saying this will happen, but let's just say everything goes bad. Well, now you got three first round picks. Three first round picks in the same year. I don't know too much about the 2027 class. I my, my knowledge for draft class to stop at 2026, but I am saying that there's just you can go a lot of ways. I commend the Charlotte Hornets for doing that. Overall, I think it was a great trade deadline. I think Ski Mask Mitch, as I've been calling him, has done a great job. He can rest now. He did his job. He did his due diligence. I don't want to keep you here. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, this is not an. This is not me advocating to keep Money Mitch. Because I do not want to do that. But this is me advocating, saying that we should give him his flowers. He did his thing. Can I say that Jordan held him back? I don't know. Of course, that's what the optics scream, but I don't know if that's the case. I, I think he did a fantastic job considering what you have. Because as we saw with Terry Rozier, you know, he, you know, his is more a little contract related. A lot of people don't take what you do on a bad team, and maybe it's just Charlotte, but I'm just going to say bad team. If it's Charlotte, then it's Charlotte. But a lot of people don't take what you do on a bad team seriously, so it may not always equate to you kind of getting the compensation that you normally would for a specific type of players, specific mode of players. We, like I said, we saw that with Terry Rozier. But to walk away with this, it's not this ultimate haul. It's not this, oh, my God, like they're, they're a new team. But it's – we can actually start truly evaluating our players finally because, yes, we're not perfect, but we are good enough. We are good enough to where we there's no more, this team absolutely is crap. There's no way they can win. There's No, we're good enough. If we can stay healthy, we are good enough to make noise. And I think that's where the Charlotte Hornets want to be right now. They want to be good enough to make noise so they can look back and actually see, okay, we need this, we need this, we need this. Right now, they have a good, solid collection of very solid rotational players. Of course, it can get better. I I know I think we should halt, really hold all judgment until the end of the season, but it's good enough to put the guys out on the floor, watch them play, and be okay with, and actually take true evaluations because before, you had to be like, well, we don't have a center. PJ's playing spot center minutes, and he's looking terrible because he's going against Rudy Gobert. Or... Gordon Hebert's out, so now we got to throw in a hurt Cody Martin. He doesn't look good because uh, he got rushed back. Or Brandon Miller has to play point guard because we don't have any true guards on this team or true point guards. Like it just, We can put players – we have enough to put players in the correct position and see what they do and actually evaluate and then can make real moves this offseason, next season, and just so on into the future. Before, we didn't have that because there were so many injuries. There were so many guys who just were absolute trash that we were unable to really evaluate what we have and what they can do. Now, everybody's playing – everybody can play in the correct position and we can figure out what's best for them. But – Anyway, thank you so much for watching this long, long video. Uh, this will definitely be <laughs> reused as the podcast because I'm not going to re rehash this out on the podcast. Plus, I get why people do that because it's hard to 
basically say the same thing, but in a different way on two different platforms. So I see why people write repurpose content. I will probably do that um, and just take the audio from this and make it into the podcast. But thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. And I'm not going to lie to you. The reason I haven't been creating videos it's just I just haven't felt like it. it. It was we were trash. What what was there to talk about? I mean, Brandon Miller and Miles Bridges have been insane, especially this week. But Brandon Miller has been insane all year long, essentially to me. Cody Martin is okay, but I mean, I don't even know why I brought up Cody Martin. I'm trying to think of anybody else on the team, and that I just came up with Cody Martin. And Nick Smith Jr. I like what he's done. That's it. I mean, that's really it. So it's just been rough this season, and I just. There's really nothing to talk about. I didn't want to come up here and say the same thing every week because we were losing the same way every game. And last night, actually losing to the Raptors, that was a little different to me. We lost a little different because we were up a majority of the game. And if anything, we got gassed. PJ was trying not to get injured because I think he knew the writing on the wall. Cody Martin tried a little bit, but it still wasn't enough. I think it was just like the timing. He was really good at getting the lead, but then after that, he wasn't able to do anything else. Nick Smith Jr., he had looks, but then he didn't really get the ball anymore. Even Brandon Miller, I know he was gassed, but towards the end of the game, he didn't really get the ball anymore. And you saw where Cody Martin being point guard really hindered the, the performance of the team because we were just holding it to the end of the shot clock and not knowing what to do. So it was just a lot, lot going on. But overall, I think that the Hornets did a good job. Um, and if we do lose – I'm not actually when we lose, we're going to lose in different ways. We're going to lose in ways that actually matter and lose in ways that where we can actually critique and understand, Okay, this is why we lost. It's not literally the same thing every time where we let the team beat us by 30 or we let a team go by 30. We're not really paying attention. And then we try to slowly fight back because we do have two prolific scores in Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller. Oh, we fought our way back. Oh, now we're never down. Like that's literally what was happening night in and night out. So I just felt as though there was no way, there was no reason to talk about it. But now I feel rejuvenated. I feel much better about just the performance of our team going forward. It's we're still going to lose, but it's going to be in other ways to where we can actually have something to talk about, actually have some basketball discourse and actually understand, okay, where can this team go going forward? Because we have some solid pieces, but let me know what you think down in the comment section below. Let me know where you think, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, because most podcast platforms have a comment section. But thank you so, so, so much for watching this video. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.